The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Envision, fostering a community for change. Your host is Thomas Rosenberg. In today's program, you'll meet fascinating people who are implementing innovative ideas to make a difference both locally and globally. Now, here is Thomas Rosenberg. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Envision. I'm your co-host, Thomas Rosenberg. And yes, I said co-host. I'm thrilled to announce that Ronnie Langer-Kroger will be my co-host on this show starting October 17th, and we will be switching off hosting episodes. You may remember Ronnie from my interview of her in July. Uh, She is co-founder and CEO of Optima Business Bootcamp. She has an amazing perspective on regenerative communities, and I'm looking forward to the conversation she'll be sharing with us. So, yes, I am your co-host. Today, we are continuing our exploration of social enterprises, and this being the third part in a series. And I'm very happy to have with me today April Fennell, who is founder and CEO of Pickup. It's a logistics company with a very strong social mission, and I'm looking forward to sharing what she has learned and and what she can bring to other ideas around the world. So, April, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Thomas. And wow, that's great news about Ronnie and Optima Business Bootcamp. Yes, Yay. it is. Yay. <laughs> indeed, indeed. It's pretty exciting. So, April, could you describe Pickup for us, just for those who haven't heard of it and are curious? Yeah. Um, so, Pickup is a logistics hub. We focus on supporting small businesses, small to medium size, with everything um, in the delivery loop. Okay. Uh so what what does that mean about the delivery loop? Well, let's see. Oh gosh, you know, delivery is like a huge thing right now. I don't know if it if it's just me, but it feels like the space is extremely um, competitive. And for small and medium sized businesses, the pain points are across the board on how one hard it is to grow their business, how hard it is to um, kind of remain. Um, I guess, you know, friendly to the environment, but still everyone's using cars and the gig economy. Um, so what we do is just make sure the package gets to point A to point B. But more importantly, Thomas, what we do is employ people that typically wouldn't have a chance at employment. Um, I'm really focused on helping the working poor um, with, my, with my business model. The social mm-hmm. enterprise and creating mm-hmm. an equitable business model. So I, I want to come back to that in a moment, but could you tell us a little bit about what your journey to founding Pickup was and, and what called you to pivot to the this this concept? 
Absolutely. So we are in year year two, um, and I was living in the suburbs when this idea came to me at a very just kind of practical. I need to deliver something. UPS isn't available. You know, I get off work at five, and it's just too inconvenient. And I just thought, wow, just for the sake of this this package I want to send to Oregon, I know somebody's going in that direction. So it was really um, kind of like as a consumer <laughs> that I was thinking about it and there had to be a better solution. Um, but after kind of toying around with the idea a little more and, and fleshing it out, you know, I guess everyone has to answer that why question mm-hmm. and why it was really important to me is I... Um, I was just kind of transitioning out of working in higher education and, and relocating to the Bay Area. And the I didn't want to just pick up where I left off and have this nine-to-five type of a job that didn't really fuel my inner social need to do good in the world. Um, and so I wanted to build something like that for for others that we weren't just doing this nine-to-five job, but it was purpose purpose-driven work. So creating a social enterprise just felt like, well, this this will work. Here's what's missing. Where where are those jobs that my my mom and dad and grandparents used to speak about of retiring from after thirty years? You know, right? That's yeah. why. <laughs> That's why that makes sense. So when did you establish Pickup? You so, said yeah, two like years said, ago, but. Um, yeah, it, it's been, this is our second year, so it's just about the end of 2015. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And what kind of support did you have at the beginning? Um, my support was, I mean, you know, I have lots of support. This is say you have family, you have, you have friends, um, mm-hmm. but as a new entrepreneur, someone that's just kind of used to working working for somebody, um, I really did need a lot of support. And um, actually, Up to the Business Boot Camp was my support network to kind of go to them with this idea and, you know, have someone say, no, you're not, you're not crazy. You know, tell me more. Um, kind of started with that, and that's in my support system. And um, at least the foundation of my support system mm-hmm. from two years ago. Yeah, super. Now, you mentioned a few minutes ago the the fact that you want to help the working poor. And so if you could speak mm. more to the business model and, and how you're trying to include the working poor in your social right. enterprise. Right. So, you know, the working poor look like, you know, your your neighbor. Um, I feel like the middle class is no longer like the middle class that's kind of, you know, can afford to um, do things in the Bay Area, have disposable income, still have that, you know, that, that nest egg. It's just, it's really different now. Um, I don't know if, if any of that resonates with you, Thomas, but the people that I speak with and the other business owners and the businesses that my service supports, um, this is what, you know, I hear from them. And 
there are just not a lot of businesses nowadays that at least that's not the mission that they are leading with. And I just, I think it's really refreshing to be very, very honest that the working poor have, um, um, just in the way we're talking about those challenges and mm-hmm. how we can use our businesses as a solution to those, right? Like the homeless, there's all sorts of organizations that are out there helping people that are homeless, feeding them. But what we need are homes. I was just part of a, um, of a food drive that really wanted to focus on hygiene kits and all those other resources that people that are living in encampments need. And we got all of these donations and all of these volunteers came out. Like, one would think, like, this is a successful event. One, we shouldn't be having to even have these events because right. the bigger problem, like, gift, gift me shelter, gift me a home, gift me a living way to allow me to live and not just mm-hmm. to survive. Right. No, it makes total sense. That resonates very strongly with me. I think just what you were saying about the middle class disappearing and in many ways has, you know, I think there's plenty of data out there that shows what's happened to middle class wages or supposedly middle class wages Mm -hmm. over the last 35 years and just what that means for everybody's sense of job insecurity and and living a bit more paycheck to paycheck. Right. Yeah, and, that, and I'm happy you, you mentioned that, job insecurity. And so when I, I have this sort of fantasy of what I imagine businesses and back in the day were like, back in the day, like, you know, during my grandmother's era, and it just feels like, my, my grandma retired from the UC Berkeley um, um, college. She was a janitor there. So, you know, again, people that work in the service industry and then the corporations that people used to retire from that aren't there now. And there's, you know, there's reasons by that, but I'm speaking to the strength that small businesses really do have and making communities thrive and really um, employing people in purposeful ways that they can see the impact of them coming in and they're not just labor. I don't want Pickup to be that company where, um, you know, the people that work with us are just labor. There's, Thomas, there's never been wealth generated from an hourly wage. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) <laughs> right. So, Very true. so I yes. want to build something where we can start looking at how to generate wealth. And I think that that starts with with building equitable models, um, whether it's co-op, whether it's profit sharing, or being really creative on how actually there's an alternative way of how we can structure this. Mm-hmm. And, and so how do you, well, that brings two questions to mind. One is how do you structure or, and we can talk about that more later if you want, but also uh, how does that impact building community? So how has that impacted building community in, so, so, in the Bay Area where I'm at or what? Well, well, just, just, well, broadly speaking, if you're, to start with, if you are looking at the, the equitable 
however, however you creatively, as a small business owner, uh-huh. how uh-huh. do you choose to create that equity and that wealth building, and how does that help build community? Okay, Th- that's like it's so loaded. I mean, it is a ripple, a ripple effect. I'll and I'll approach that question by looking at how our current structures affect community. Okay, perfect. Okay. So if and and the communities I'm talking about are the communities that don't have um, small businesses. They don't have resources for the community to, you know, you talk about the support to get those ideas to a business so that they can impact um, the communities. I'm just going to take East Oakland as an example. Um, people, as I hear people talk about this particular part of the Bay Area, um, there are parts of Oakland and a lot of cities that are thriving. There are parts of San Francisco that are that are thriving in that, like that concentration, you know, area. But then there's parts where there are a lack of resources, food deserts, and guess what? Working class people that are poor. Mm-hmm. And so then you have the compound of all of the things that happen when there's poverty, right, and there's scarcity. So flip that, all of a sudden we, we're marrying like Piedmont or Temescal with, with small businesses and resources. All of a sudden our, what, what's around us starts to look different. It's basically a community that, that owns, that are stakeholders in their community. Oh, my God. Novel idea, no. <laughs> right. It's not. It's why other communities are successful and some, you know, it's not. There's a lot of unpacking there, but I, all I'm looking at is how to be part of the problem, how to be part of the solution instead of the problem. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So you're just seeing pickup as a way to provide one source of equitable equitable pay so that there is a possibility for wealth building. Absolutely. We're going to start with, start with your wage so that um, either you can remain in the communities that you, you work in. Um, you know, there's a lot of people commuting two and three hours just to get to where they work because they can't afford to live there. We know, at least in the Bay Area, there's been a lot of people that have been displaced because they can no longer afford to live. Like, you know, if 70 to 80% of your wage is going to rent, Mm -hmm. then I'm not trying to provide a living wage where you can continue to rent. Let's talk about ownership. Everything is, is about ownership and to get you to to that point, even if it's planting the seed, if no one else, no one around you is talking about ownership, then how do you ever get to that point to think that that's possible? Like your network, your resources, your surroundings are not right. conducive to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So and just I- like in the name, the connotation is that connotation is why we're not just pick up in the sense of logistics. We're pick up in the sense of strengthening people, strengthening communities, and uplifting so that you can have wealth to help mm-hmm. you generate wealth. That's beautifully stated. I, 
what are some of the challenges you yeah. faced making pickup fiscally sustainable in the last 18 months? <laughs> uh, I think I faced every challenge in the book. Um, I don't know <laughs> where that book is or what's in there, but I imagine it's a whole bunch. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, I think, and, and there's so many challenges that are yet to know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so what, what my goal is to, is to continue to surround myself by, uh, with people that are, you know, smarter um, than me, that have um, the expertise in places where I don't um, t- as we continue to, to build and go forward. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are some of those yet-to-knows, just out of curiosity? So some of the yet-to-knows are, um, you know, just in, in, in partnerships, um, partnerships that we are, are building, um, pilots that are underway, and um, even though, you know, we, we have a lot of people that, like you, like, you know, exactly, wealth building. You know, I get it. We need more of that. But then when it comes to, all right, let's, we're moving this forward, some, some of the, I can, you know, investors are, um, it still comes down to can we be profitable? Um, is this something, you know, you're not going to make money off of this, like, right away. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that, you know, is going to be building for the next three years and, and beyond. Um, but just to get it to that, to that point. So those are some of the yet to, to be knowns of how investors will, um, um, gravitate to this as it's getting more and more, um, you know, stronger legs under it. And mm-hmm. my gut tells me that it's going to be fine. That's good. That's good. That, I mean, there's the emotional roller coaster of being an entrepreneur, and and mm-hmm. it's always nice when your gut is saying, "This is going to be good." Just trust the unfoldment. So right. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Right. Super. Um, yeah, but I guess you know some of those other things are. It's not a yet to know. Is that I know, like we've failed majorly in, in this first 18 months. And I'm so happy that we did in some of these experiences because, you know, going forward, um, we just better know what works, who works with us, what's a good fit um, across the board. So, yeah, that's good. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's a, a really good learning experience and slow and steady seems to be the course. Fantastic. We are speaking with April Fennell from Pickup, and we will be right back after a short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. 
Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Would you like to be the change you see needed in the world? Are you ready to make a difference? If so, tune in to Voice for Truth with hosts Sharon Wyckoff and Jude Albright. Every show will be filled with inspiring content to support you in recognizing your greatness. Guests will share their expertise. Youths will tell how they are making a difference. You too can be a Voice for Truth. Listen live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Envision with Thomas Rosenberg. To find out more about the program, please visit our website at regenerate.coach. That's regenerate.coach. You can also visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Envision Regenerative Communities. Now back to Envision. Here again is Thomas Rosenberg. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with April Fennell from Pickup.com, and we were talking about what it means to build community through ownership and some of the challenges that April has faced in the development of, of Pickup.com as a social enterprise. So, April, I imagine that it, building the company that has been a leadership development journey for you. What have been your three biggest issues thus far? Uh. Um, so let's see, three biggest issues. One may have been just the, the, um, confidence, um, that I didn't allow to come through, um, early on, um, and, um, Optima and my, my other colleagues and just network have really helped, helped me talk through some of those inner, inner fears um, the second and third um, challenges around leadership have been um, just the, the space that I'm in. Log- the logistics space is um, is male dominated, and there have been some situations. Um, yeah, so I think just around working with my you know my male counterparts. Um, and then lastly, some challenges around, around funding for sure. Mm. Is that been, is that a leadership issue so much as funding and leadership? Is it, um, well, it, it can be, I think as I'm thinking about how strong 
you know, the the network and how you're how you're seen in this mm. space. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe there's some crossover there. No, that makes sense. I I hadn't thought of that from a it, there's there's a structural impediment basically that makes it more challenging for women entrepreneurs. Right. Right, and I don't know, you know, all the time if it's something that's just like, gosh, is that my imagination? And you know, um, as a woman, as a, as a black woman, as a as a queer woman, like, you know, I think again, some of those inner fears just kind of walk around, um, walk around with me that I will overanalyze later. And for sure, all of that plays into leadership. So a lot. Mm. Uh, but then in my other work, outside of being an entrepreneur. That is, I have no no issue. Like it never even crosses my mind, and I'm extremely confident and you know an expert on what it is that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting that 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 I feel that way only within the entrepreneurial hat. Right. Well, and at the same time, it's. Pickup is is your brainchild, and there's a bit of vulnerability because you're revealing yourself and your values to the world in the expression, you know, as seen writ large in as as pickup moves to the world. So yeah, that, yeah, that that's true. I pay close attention to um, just in general how leadership is seen um, versus um, a woman and versus, you know, a male. Um, But Mm -hmm. all I can do is show up as my authentic self at all times. And um, uh, things are a lot better than, again, when I first started, um, you know, over two years ago. And you're just like, oh, my God, I have to do this, speak speak it out loud. (laughs) And so, um, for sure, things are a a lot better now. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. So I wanted to just uh, a quote from Peter Senge came to mind as you were talking, mm-hmm. and I'm, it just I think it is really applicable here. It's it's not a, he says it's not about positional power. It's not about accomplishments. It's ultimately not even about what we do. Leadership is about creating a domain in which human beings continually deepen their understanding of reality and become more capable of participating in the unfolding of the world. Ultimately, leadership is about creating new realities. Yes. I was, <laughs> that's that, exactly what I was thinking. Yes. <laughs> and that's what you're doing. You know, that's... The last that, part, creating, yeah, creating new realities. Yeah. Creating new realities. And it's... Yeah, and and um, opportunities when opportunities don't exist, or I see it of like, you know, you're like waiting, you're waiting for an opportunity. No, I can't wait for an opportunity. I have to create them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's it's just being able to hold that space so that your employees can feel like they can accept a new reality, and you can also in the process co-create something new. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about realities and the people um, that I hope to build pickup with. Um, I, I just volunteered at um, the women's prison in Folsom and through this project called the last mile. And 
I can tell you those those women were so in, inspired. They were so motivated. They were so eager to create a different reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's something I want to be part of you know, creating a pipeline from prison into companies that are there for you to help you build, build wealth and, um, you know, work, work in an environment that appreciates you, that understands, that believes in second chances, and that's trying to make the world a better place. Indeed. I think that there's a lot of recidivism because people don't know how else to occupy themselves. They don't, they're not given the opportunities. They, Absolutely. They need money because what they were given when they walked out the door is gone. And so what do they do? Commit crimes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so what, who, so are former felons your target employees or who are your target employees? Because I imagine that's not the only group yeah. that you're focused on. Absolutely not. Um, so my target employee, um, you know, we recruit from the general population. We also recruit from um, shelters, um, from, it's not that we recruit from trip prisons. However, I 110% support programs in prisons that are teaching um, folks a skill set, right? So they, when they come out, they can apply those and, and go back to some different type of work. Um, so if pickup can be a place where, you know, we receive those individuals, um, absolutely, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but really, I think our ideal candidate is somebody that wants to be part of something different, somebody that wants to um, generate wealth for themselves, but then just through their participation, through their investing, that type of an invested employee, um, it's just going to make the whole ecosystem that much stronger. Mm-hmm. Is there, have you noticed that there's anything different that you need to incorporate when you're working with different populations? I mean, is there, because I imagine that the, it's the, the onboarding Um, process would not be the same for everybody. It's absolutely different. And what you need to have is empathy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's it. It, It's, I don't care if you were, you know, um, hiring somebody with a disability, um, there are so many um, assumptions that I think uh, we make, period, um, let alone as, a, as an employer. It's almost like I just want to be your employer, you be the employee, you do the job I pay you for, you know, you go home. Well, we all know that people are people and what they bring with them is their life. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um so the so empathy is what I think that you you have to have. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's if you don't if you don't have that that empathy, I think in many ways I think empathy is what makes the world go round, and it's in short supply right now. <laughs> right, it's um, <laughs> needs some oil. Yeah, it does. 
<laughs> so I wanted to ask you more specifically about how if pickup is growing as quickly as you expected and, and hoped and also who your target audience is with pickup. You mentioned small businesses, but I didn't know if you had mm-hmm. more specificity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, pickup, um, you know, we are looking for businesses um, that are either in the food space, um, either professional services type business like nonprofits, architect firms, um, paralegal uh, places, law offices, um, those are the the two that we are servicing mm-hmm. right now. Okay, and, and do you anticipate that expanding, or are you going to stay to those sectors for a while? We're gonna we're gonna stay in those sectors for for a while, um, at least um, throughout uh, the middle of next year, mm-hmm. um, and then take a look at it from there. So right now, the second stage of pickup is we're about to pilot our um, fulfillment um, services. So um, if you need temporary storage, a warehouse, if you need last mile um, logistics, if you need um, some things around, um, yeah, prepping, prepping and or um, packing your product before it goes out, um, please do reach out because those are services that we're we're launching um, this mm. month. Awesome. Okay. Excellent. And how many employees do you have now? Our team is fairly small. So um, right now, until we reach our next phase of funding, um, we're going to kind of hold off on on hiring just to kind of make sure we can service the clients that we have right now, um, which mm-hmm. also answers your question on, well, how quickly uh, you know, are we growing? Um, and is that sort of what we imagined? Um, yeah, so really we just kind of want to maintain and make it through the holidays and be able to service the clients that we have now um, and really focus on that next part of our growth for 2018 um, it, I think as a, as a business owner, I want to grow really, really fast. Um, you know, I want the story of all of the other VC funded, um, businesses out there at the same time. I'm really happy that we are growing slowly because I'm getting an opportunity to spend the time needed to build the culture, to build the relationships, to build the, you know, the community partnerships and to really um, crystallize the vision um, so that, so that we can do this thing, you know, mm-hmm. right with minimal reiterations down the way. Right. Well, no, and that, I think that's very admirable not to want to grow too fast. I mean, obviously we all want to have, it's always nice to have a little bit more money in our pocket and to feel like that ownership and that nest egg is possible. At the same time, I think there is, you know, there are countless small business startups and small businesses who have hit a certain size and really struggled. Mm-hmm. You know, whether I think that mm-hmm. around you know twenty five to twenty eight people, there's a big bump, 
and then again around 50 there's a just a, a scale of mm-hmm. of systems and processes that need to change right. and that right. can cause a lot of problems so being able to crystallize things when you're smaller makes it a lot easier it does make it a lot easier so that's that's our goal just to make sure everything's tight um, mm-hmm. for the beginning of 2018 yeah super so you were mentioning you know just thinking about crystallizing the the culture. And so I was curious, how do you consciously develop leadership in your employees or do you even have to? You know, that's a really good question. Do you even have to? I, I believe absolutely you have to, whether it's, you know, an explicit way you do it or, or, or it's kind of indirectly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, can, I can tell you this. I don't think anyone woke up and just was like, I want to deliver goods for my career. I, I just, you know, that's what I love to do, right? No, it's not what you love to do. You love being outside. You love the flexibility of not maybe being in, a, in an office or having somebody micromanage you, right? Like you, that's what you like. Mm-hmm. And this this particular role allows you to do that. So I think when it comes to leadership, it's really having those types of discussions of what it is you like, what drives you, what gets you passionate, even if that's not being employed here or being a part of this. This may be a temporary something to get you to your passion, and I want to be a part of that too. I would right. love to help somebody you know, connect to their, their true passion. Um, so, yeah, developing leadership is is something you, you have to do, even if it's indirectly. Mm-hmm. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I just, I was wondering, though, if you were self-selecting and in, in sort of saying, well, you know, mm-hmm. just, <laughs> Absolutely, with, with certain, I am. <laughs> with, no, no, but with, with your employees, it's sort of saying, you know, you're going to take people who naturally strike you as being leaders up front. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I've, I've visited other businesses and, you know, a place that I go to on a regular basis and, and I've recruited from, from there, um, not mm. intentionally, but it was just like, Hey, when they told me that they uh, didn't work there anymore, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. That's good. I want, I want you to be a part, a part of this and here's, here's why. So. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, what are your biggest hurdles like for businesses like yours? What are the biggest hurdles that businesses like yours face? You know, I'm just going to speak for myself. I don't think I can speak for all businesses like mine because I, you know, we're the same, but we're not the same. Um, yeah. Um, so one of the biggest hurdles are, are, are funding and, um, a biggest hurdle is just, you know, capacity, a lot of small business owners like myself also have other jobs, right? They have their day job, the one that is the security, you know? Um, so, um, yeah, funding, capacity, and um, really that's it. That's it. I, mm-hmm. I have a pickup is just a, a, a bomb-ass service, and people are, you know, willing to, to pay for it. 
um, they seem really excited about the mission and really want to be um, a part of supporting um, our growth. At the same time, the the market is competitive, and people are used to experiencing this type of a service in a different way. So I think that, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds with um, a new company like ours now available as an alternative to the others. Mm-hmm. Super. We have to take a short break, and we will be right back speaking with April Fennell from Pickup.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Envision with Thomas Rosenberg. To find out more about the program, please visit our website at Regenerate.coach. That's Regenerate.coach. You can also visit our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash Envision Regenerative Communities. Now back to Envision. Here again is Thomas Rosenberg. Welcome back, everybody. We are speaking with April Fennell from Pickup.com. She's founder and CEO of this logistics firm that has a very strong social mission. And April, you were talking about the uh, developing leadership in your employees before and also the, the top two hurdles that you were you, you face as a, as a small business. And so I was curious, what do you feel are the top three essential ingredients for success? 
for you and for businesses like yours? Three essential. Um, one is you need to have a have or find a a business network um, that includes um, advisors or mentors, somebody that can give you um, obviously advice, but but not just be a yes person. Oh, yes, that's great because they don't want to hurt your feelings. You know, you want people mm-hmm. in your circle that um, have done it, have been successful, and or have failed at it, so that you can. Um, you know, get some of that wisdom. Um, yeah. That's, that's one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, um, two is have a, a way to have some self-care. You know, hopefully you can go into your entrepreneurial journey with already some healthy practices, whether it's just, you know, eat well, um, workout time, sleep, because if you don't, you're... This this whole being an entrepreneur really does consume you. Plus, if you have uh, another job, um, you know, and a, and a family, it can get really overwhelming, and you can spin out of control um, with just overwhelm and how to get it all all done. So, have some um, some kind of wellness practices in place. I would I would say is uh, number two. Um, three is is have a plan B and a plan C, um, right? Just knowing that uh, things are not going to be as you first envisioned it when you first, like, had the idea. It's just not going to, it's not going to be that way. Um, So start flushing out that plan as early as possible. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's also, I imagine, hard to think about having those plan B's and C's because you're thinking, mm-hmm. well, I want to make sure that plan A actually succeeds. And am I doubting myself and my capability if plan sure. plan A doesn't work by putting in plan B and right. C? So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why number one would be helpful because you can run that by your um, your network of advisors and or mentors. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a very good point. How can a community better support and encourages businesses like Pickup? Wow. I, I love that, that question because we, we have to support one another. Um, I think that if you... Just start asking the, the questions. Um, I know um, Hannah Onstead, she's the founder of Local, and, um, you know, she's always talking about the power of keeping your money in the community, the power of not, not spending with big box type of um, outfits as often as possible. If you could kind of share that money with, with local businesses, um, um, and if it's not just on where you spend your money, then it's attached to, you know, what, what missions or causes are important to you. And you'll find that not just nonprofits are, have social, um, social mission-driven type of businesses. And so I would encourage people to just be curious, ask businesses, well, why do you exist? Why did you start your business? And hopefully 
you know, you start doing doing business with more companies that are um, very outward on the why they do it. And it's not just, well, because I want to get rich or it's not just because, oh, I wanted to make a new edition of this cell phone and, you know, keep you in the, the hottest trend. I mean, that's cool, <laughs> but it has, to, <laughs> it has to be, you know, deeper than that as, as consumers connect with, with brands. Right. Well, indeed, and I think uh, when I interviewed uh, Marco Vangelisti and, and Nick Gogarty on a show about money, we were talking about what it means to invest in the community uh-huh. and one of the one of the pieces that I came across in, in my research for that episode was that by investing or spending your money locally with small businesses, your multiplier effect can be one and a half to uh-huh. five times, depending on the sector right. and the space. But generally speaking, the data indicates that it can be up to five times turnover in the community before it right. leaves, which is huge. Right. right. You know, and I'll and I'll I'll also just even though this is I know this is the end of our um, the segment, but you know, even though small businesses are really really important, and I'm a huge advocate for um, for them, and my services are kind of all geared around small to medium sized businesses. However, um, large businesses when they fold like an, an Uber, like a Google, like an Apple, and we imagine like, like a Kaiser. Um, but just imagine all of the vendors that they support. Mm-hmm. Those vendors are small businesses. So it's a ripple effect no matter, no matter where you go, but we need more, more of the small businesses um, because those are the ones that make our communities richer. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that sustain the communities, not the big businesses. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So was there, and I want to jump back to a little bit to the question around your own leadership journey and uh-huh. in, in with pickup. And I was wondering, you know, you've mentioned funding several times as right. one of the, as, as, both a challenge and and one of the hurdles. And so I was curious, have you had to change your relationship to money in order to become a more successful entrepreneur? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, it sounds like we know some of the same people in our network. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, my emotions around money, um, I definitely had to, to look at that um, be honest with myself, ask myself questions, you know, about that and get, uh, be, be smarter, um, about that. Like I've, I've familiarized myself with QuickBooks and lots of the, um, you know, reporting, um, functionalities. So, um, yeah. There, there was a warning curve. Question. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that, that was good. That was good. So where do you look for, for inspiration? I take inspiration wherever I can get it. Um, <laughs> you know, nature, the universe. Um, really, though, I take inspiration from those that have overcome something. For me, that's just the most inspiring. I don't want to hear from somebody that's, like, winning all the damn time 
or that has never, you know, failed or gotten their hands dirty. Um, I, I want to hear from folks that have overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just the most inspiring uh, for, for me. And I, I get that from my, my network here in the East Bay. I get, there, I get that from um, talking to the, business, the small businesses that uh, we support with, with delivery. Um, um, you know, and just a lot of reading and being out, outdoors. Um, mm-hmm. my, I love to read sci-fi, so just <laughs> I get to support in the stories of, of make-believe, right? Of imagine, imagine if the world were like this. I get inspired right. from that. Super. What is one lesson you've learned running pickup that you wish you knew at the beginning? Mm. I wish I knew to have the to look to have the whole vision at the beginning that it was okay allow myself to dream that damn big from the from the gate mm-hmm. instead of having the the vision and the dream um, be so small and not small because that's all I I had but small because it was like a safety net right. Mm-hmm. Well, eh, I can achieve that, so I'm going to protect myself. But if I dream too big, um, that's scary. Right now, I'm, I'm exposed. I'm vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, if I had known that, to just yeah. do that early, early enough, that would have mm-hmm. been awesome. Mm-hmm. So what's next for you in pickup? Um, next will be our piloting of our warehouse services. Um, super um, excited about that. Ex- I'm excited to work with some national brands um, coming up this holiday. Um, so, you know, lots of new things are going to be learned through through that, that pilot. Um, yeah, and, and filling this space with some some new recruits that are looking to generate wealth and be part of a purpose-driven social enterprise like Pickup. That's awesome. That's awesome. And how can people follow your story? They can follow Pickup on our Instagram, our Facebook, or Twitter. Um, and our handle is Pickup1. That's spelled P as in Paul, I-I-K-U-P, the number one. Fantastic. So you have lots of followers on Instagram. Uh, I wouldn't say lots, but we're, people follow us every day. We follow them back. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I just <laughs> hadn't thought that's w- just one place I hadn't thought to put uh, photos, but it makes total sense so that's that's good that's good i like it awesome well thank you very much april for joining us today it's been a pleasure having you on the show absolutely thank you for having me it's been it was fun great thank you we spoke about pickup.com and the importance of creating community through a strong social vision Look for announcements on my voiceamerica.com host page, and you will find a recording of today's show, other shows, and our social media links. And thank you again for joining us today. I'm Thomas Rosenberg, and this is Envision. Thank 
you for tuning in this week to Envision with Thomas Rosenberg. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week.